You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. Um, I guess there's Sean McGillivray. He's the president of McGillivray Freeman. Uh, the website is also McGillivray Freeman. And um, but, uh, Sean, thanks for coming. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yes, the, and the name, you're right. It's a, it's a little long. It's a little bit tough to brand ourselves, but you get used to it after a while when it comes to our industry. Mm, yeah. Well, tell me about uh, the company. What's the premise of what you guys do? Yeah, I'll give the, the history. So... It's a family company based out of Laguna Beach, California. My dad started making surf films back in the late 60s, early 70s. Those did well enough where he was like, hey, I can do this for a living. He then went to Hollywood, worked with the lights of Stanley Kubrick, did the opening of The Shining where the car goes up to the crazy hotel, and then got tapped by the Smithsonian to make their first IMAX film called To Fly. And that was back in 1976 when there was just four IMAX theaters in existence. And now there's over 1,500, and we've done 40... IMAX films since, including Everest, which was the highest grossing IMAX documentary of all time, Living Seeing Dolphins, which were nominated for Academy Awards. And uh, fun for me, I mean, I grew up going on location all over the world, cheap extra in a lot of these movies, um, but caught the filmmaking bug early. Yeah, I've taken my family to see some IMAX movies, and it's a really nice experience. Beautiful and huge, and, uh, you know, they tend to seem to be nature based a lot, and it's just it's just a nice feeling to go to them. It's like going to the planetarium, but different or, you know, experiencing a mini vacation without going somewhere. Yeah, we like to say, yeah, it definitely, you feel like you're being transported to a different place. It's uh, it's on a big screen. It's as immersive as it gets. Uh, and what we try and do is try and make it so that they're emotional, inspirational. And ultimately, when it comes to our partners, whether that's a corporate partner, an association, a foundation, it's it, a lot of times it's about changing people's behavior, whether it's getting people to want to come to a different place, uh, getting people to think differently about a subject, um, all of the aboard. So, so, you know, we do films that are related to countries, related to space, related to the environment, related to nature. Um, but we do have a, you know, a theme around of our, around our company. It's in, you know, it's all about getting people excited about the natural world, excited about our planet, and, you know, wanting to, you know, a lot of times wanting to just get people to, you know, get off their screen, get off their phone, and out into nature. Yeah. So I saw in the notes that you're working on something called flying films. What What is that? Yeah, we're doing, so we're doing that too. We've got, you know, it's a 30-person it's a company down here in, in Laguna, and, uh, you know, it, it, me as the president, like a big part is, is strategy, a big part is creativity, and it's all, also a big part of, of just kind of business development. So 
you know, one of the opportunities that we have, I think, over the next three to five years is is creating films for these, whether you want to call them flying theaters, whether, whether you want to call them soaring theaters. Um, if you've been to like Disneyland or, or Disney World, they have soaring over California, soaring over the world. So it's that type of experience, but uh, in different places all over the world. And they're starting to get, get to be more and more, whether that's a museum, a science center, an attraction that wants to have that kind of not only a, a you are there experience, but where you actually feel like you're flying because of the seats and because you don't have anything underneath your feet. Um, and sometimes doing some type of 4D stuff where it's like you feel the wind or you, maybe you feel a little water. Um, it, it just different ways to make it feel even more exciting. So in these flying films, how do you get people to have more of a visceral experience? I mean, like I've gone to theaters where the seats move and the screen moves, but they kind of made me sick when that happened <laughs> motion sickness. Have you guys found a, a better way to do it? Uh, or, you know, I don't know, do you spray people with salt water so they feel like they're at the ocean or what do you do? So the one, so uh, what's cool about these new flying theaters and we don't, we, we partner with, with companies like uh, a partner called Simex Iwerks um, where they build out the flying theaters. But I think why, why I like it and why why audiences are super into it. I mean, you go to Disneyland and you know the soaring over around the world uh, experience. It's it's normally one of the longest lines at Disneyland, whether that's an hour, an hour and a half to get on it. And the reason is it's it's not just like you've got a, a seat and you're sitting and your feet are on the ground. You're actually flying. Like you feel it feels like kind of like one of those crazy roller coasters um, uh, where you lift off and your feet are dangling, and then you've got this huge visual experience, which is similar to IMAX in that sense, um, but the seat is moving in tandem with the visual experience. So you actually feel like you're flying. That's that's why I think kids and, and families are super excited about it. That's cool. Do they, um, does anyone get motion sickness? Is that different from, I guess, the cheapo version where, you know, the seats move a little bit left and right and forward and back and pitch and, and all that? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, my guess is that people get the people that will get motion sickness are the same people that get motion sickness on a roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, mm. it's either it's either you want to have that or you don't. And and a lot of I mean, for me, like I don't really get motion sickness when it comes to that stuff, but I'm sure there are people that do. Um, the people that want to have a little bit of thrill and a little bit of like you know, cool, I'm I'm doing almost a ride. Um, I think we'll be super into it and. Uh, it's proven itself out. Like this is, I think it's a concept that will actually do really well over the next, I don't know, maybe even 10 to 20 years. Like right now we've got about, there's, you know, 1500 IMAX theaters around the world. There's about 150 to 200 that, that are museums and science centers. And I see, I see the flying theaters business going from, you know, there's 15 to 20 right now, maybe going up to 250 to 300. Um, and so I, I think it, I think it sounds from my perspective, I get, I get really excited about it from, from my, from just what we can do to provide value in that space. Yeah, no, that's, that's really great. So what, um, so like, I don't know, can you give me an example of what it looks like? What do the seats look like? What does the theater look like and how do things move or change during the movie? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that probably the best way to do it is just go on YouTube and like, and like look at, um, Look at soaring over the world. So, so I'm sure they have uh, they have people that have done have 
actually been been there filming it while they're while they're doing the experience. But overall, it's, it's basically you know you launch up uh, where the seats you know five seats six seats launch up together, and then you you have your feet dangling. You probably have anywhere between ten to twenty feet below you um, of of just you know air, uh, and then you're moving okay, moving left to right down up like you're soaring like you're a bird and and the visuals that you're seeing it's you know there's your your peripheral vision is all you everything is as far as the visuals within your peripheral vision so so it feels like you're actually in you're you're actually uh flying through the clouds experiencing that similar to a bird and you get to do that because it's a dome experience so it's like wrapped around you um, and you've got to have amazing visuals that have that are really high resolution, and that's what we're able to provide. And you also want to have some type of story, like you want to feel like there's a beginning, middle, and end as far as that experience. And I think you know we're really good storytellers, and that's what we pride ourselves on. So being able to have something that is not only really cool and immersive, but also you know in some way uh, emotional and inspirational, um, we strive mm -hmm. for. Yeah. What kind of stories have you found that seem to really resonate? And which ones, you know, are not as exciting to people? And does it surprise you which is which? Yeah, so, I mean, from that perspective, I'll, I'll talk about our, our IMAX giant screen films, which, you know, it's all, it's immersive cinema. The films are about 40 minutes in length. Uh, the reason why we have them at that time, at that time period, is because the museums and science centers are playing them on the hour. And, uh, you know, a film like National Parks Adventure, it was, it came out in 2016, uh, with the 100th anniversary of the National, National Park Service, um, you know this is a film that we worked with a partner. The, the partner was uh, was Brand USA, and it, which what they try and do is get international travelers to come to the U.S. And we also worked with Expedia and Subaru as partners, where where they helped fund the film and provided marketing support. But overall, what we wanted to do was you know create an emotional story that told the history of why the national parks. Are so important to us as a country and to to us as a world, um, and also uh, inspire and give an emotional connection to these places through great characters. And we had this guy named Conrad Anker, who is a rock climber that has climbed Everest over five times. We had his stepson in it, and and they were basically going on a trip across the country, uh, visiting all of these national parks. And one of their main goals is to visit all of the national parks. Um, in their lifetime, and you know, in the end, you got to experience how we 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 got to have the national parks. We had a sequence where to tell the story of John Muir and Teddy Roosevelt, and how they wanted this went on this amazing camping trip in Yos, in Yosemite, and basically came up with this idea of, hey, we need to have a na the national park system, um, and and so kind of the, the idea of rooting the importance of the parks and how grateful we are that there was leaders and visionaries who said, we're going to set out this area so that it's protected for generations to come. Um, and what happens is people come out of the theater, and A, they really want to go to the parks, but B, they have a newfound appreciation. We've done surveys afterwards, a newfound appreciation for wanting to protect the parks. In fact, 97% of the audience that came out of the theater um, was more inspired to do some type of action to protect the parks for 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 new generations. That's great. You, it's, you I um, mean, from my perspective, 
from my perspective, it's it's like I kind of pitch myself that I get to go to all these amazing places, including the national parks. I can't. I've got three kids. I've got an eight-year-old, a uh, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. I can't wait to take them on like a camping trip out there or an RV. Um, I haven't yeah. done it yet because of our three-year-old's kind of young. Uh, but it's the next best thing is seeing it in an IMAX theater, and uh, and it, it really does inspire and and change behavior after seeing these types of really well-told and inspirational films. Do you think it would be good or bad to couple, you know, a call to action at the end of it? You know, let's say the National Parks one. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we typically right do. No, you're oh, right. Okay. It, yeah, we typically do. It's, um, you know, we'll have either, you know, for a film, for a film to the Arctic, which was uh, the main characters were a mother polar bear and her two cubs up in uh, Svalbard, Norway. Uh, mm-hmm. We partnered with World Wildlife Fund on the film and Coca-Cola, and our our take action message was a text to donate campaign uh, that WWF administered in the Arctic uh, for a protected place for for polar bears, and we actually were able to to inspire uh, four million dollars of donations through that campaign, which was. Uh-huh. I mean, we were just super excited to be a part of that and be able to to lend that authenticity and inspiration to get people to kind of say, "I'll I'll I'll part with my hard-earned money uh, to be a part of something bigger than myself." That's really cool. Yeah, I love that. I love a, that. Um, I mean, it was crazy being up there. Like we were up in Svalbard, Norway, for for uh, about a month. Um, where you see the, the the polar bears jumping from ice flow to ice flow, you've probably seen it on you know Nat Geo or BBC on TV before. Um, but to be yeah. actually there and watching like a mother polar bear nurse her cubs and hunt food for, with her with her cubs and get chased by male polar bears, it was crazy. It was uh, you know I'll, I'll never yeah. forget it. What if you did like a two part movie where you show the first part, you know, ask for contributions and the people that contribute. You know, even a small amount, it, then it unlocks the rest of the movie for him. <laughs> that's an interesting idea. <laughs> yeah, some kind of bonus content or, I don't know, something that they get. That's, just an idea yeah. to, you know, help get even more, uh, you know, action, more commitment and stuff to different issues. No, you're right. You're right. It's, it's, a, it's a, the idea of giving, not only you're just doing this because you're a good citizen and you're excited, but here's some bonuses as, as part of it. I think, I think incentives are always a good thing. Yeah. So we're um, now seeing the effect that some of these films have had. You know, what's what's the great excitement? Do you guys just want to keep making more great films or is there a direction now that you want to take it, a specific direction to affect some kind of change? Oh, I, you know, I, I love what I do. I think it's uh, I think it's 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 incredible to be able to do this, to 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 be able to paint on this big canvas. Um, and the films play theatrically, and then and then typically they go to uh, a streaming service, whether that's Netflix or Amazon. Typically Netflix, if we're if we're looking for as many eyeballs as possible. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, for me, that's the cherry on top, being able to make these films. Um, you know, what I do day and date is looking is 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 basically looking for partners, um, whether that's corporate foundations, associations. Uh, donors, uh, yeah, where where they can, where we align with them, and and you know we're able to basically provide funding for these films to be made, and they we we see huge impact. But you know just like anything, it's uh 
you know, it's it's you're it's always can you find the money? I mean, that, that, and, you know, with with any project, it's like that. But um, you know, that's that's what I'm always looking for is who are these partners where they could see this as a as a huge win to be able to uh, tell a story that inspires, that educates uh, to millions of people around the world, and and you know, that's that's our goal day and date. And then we get to make the movie, and making the movie. I mean, it's a freaking joy. It's. I mean, there's a lot of challenges around it too, but but it's yeah. uh, it's it's something that we get so excited about. Is there a certain movie that you want to make that you know maybe doesn't have funding yet, or that just personally you want to make for you know whatever reason? Oh, we've got a lot. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got I've got a bunch of films that I, that I'd love to make. Um, you know, one in particular. So, I've, my my dad started his career making surf films. Um, but we've never made a, a, a surf film in IMAX, and, and that would be a, a total joy. Um, you know, those huge waves like Jaws and Tiapu and, uh, you know, Nazare, uh, to be able to see that on the big screen where it's life-size would be awesome. Uh, there's there's a bunch. There, there's, you know, a film on the Paralympics I'd love to make. We, we've done some filming there. Um, and we're just looking for funding when it comes to that. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've got a bunch that, that if I can just find the right partner and, and tell that amazing story, um, I think it would be not only amazing as a movie, but also would have great impact as far as changing people's behaviors to think differently around that topic. Are there any remakes of like amazing or classic or great films that you'd want to make that you think would lend themselves to IMAX and be just, you know, spectacular, take them to the next level or revive them in a really cool way. Yeah, I mean, we've got, so we've got, so, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about two. We've got uh, our company's first IMAX film, Two Fly, which um, is actually still playing at the Smithsonian today, uh, every day uh, for the past 42 years, which is a record in, in some book. Oh. Um, huh. And... But I'd love I'd love to make like a two fly two. I don't know if I'd call it that, but I'd love to do a second film. Um, and I haven't found the funding for it yet, but I think it'd be you know there's been so much change in in the the aviation industry over that time period, and so I'd love to to make a new film and you know really celebrate the fact that that we all can you know go places around the a country and around the world so much easier than before. The the, the freedom mm. that we have. Um, and have it so that people kind of think differently, because I think a lot of people think about about uh, going on airplanes as maybe not the best thing in the world, where it's actually amazing that that just in the last hundred years it's changed so much. So I'd love to do that. Um, and then when it comes to drones and technology around that, it would be super fun to make. Uh, I'd also like, we did an amazing film called Dream Big. It's all about um, inspiring the next generation of engineers, uh, especially minorities and women. And... You know, that was a, a film that we did with the American Society of Civil Engineers. They came to us. They said, you know, we need more engineers. We need more minority and women getting excited about uh, becoming engineers. Uh, and we said, hey, we got an amazing platform for that. And we, I think we can inspire a lot of kids, especially since we get 30% of our audience from field school trips where kids are going on field school trips for the first time to a museum and science center to see one of these movies. Um, and we worked with them on it. We got the Bechtel Foundation and the SD Bechtel Jr. Foundation to put up uh, the majority of the funding, um, and it became a huge success. Over three million people have seen it in theaters. It's getting rolled out across the country 
to 100,000 schools. Um, it's you know 72% of the kids that watch it say uh, they're they're more likely or want to be an engineer after seeing the film. Um, so it's cool. it, it, it's pretty cool, yeah. And it's it's for me it's really fun watching it with kids, just like seeing how excited they get. We also got uh, it's about you know you get to see in the film you get to see buildings being made, bridges being made, but in the end it's very much an emotional story. We got Jeff Bridges to narrate it. It's always funny there's bridges and there's bridges in the film. But anyways, I'd love I'd love to make a second film uh on engineering and you know continue that that campaign of you know the next generation of kids, fifth graders, sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders with a new content. There's so many more stories to tell in that space. Um and so I'm actively fundraising for it now. Uh knock on wood, we'll we'll, we'll find the right partners. I thought of a name for your next two fly movie. You just call it T W O Fly Two Fly. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> what what about the um the techniques? I mean, I know that, you know, the fact that you show it on a gigantic screen is a big part of it, but are there techniques that the filmmakers have learned from making all these IMAX films that could be reproduced maybe even for amateur filmmakers or for regular movies? to make them more cinematic and more just, you know, impactful. So the question is like, what type of techniques is that? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Have you guys discovered by doing these films, different techniques for filming that make more of an impact? And could that be translated to, you know, run of the mill movies? Could that be translated? Could that be shown to amateurs, amateur filmmakers so that they can make their movies more impactful? Yeah. Have you guys discovered anything like that? You know, yeah, no, I, I I got it. Like the you know basically storytelling principles. So I, in the end, it's it all comes down to story. It's like and you know I've done talks on on this before. I mean, basically, you gotta you you need to find great characters. Um, you want to have a beginning, middle, and end. Um, you know, it's basic stuff. But you want to have great music. Uh, and when you say that music as it relates to sequences. It's kind of stuff where it's like if it punches you in the gut and you feel this super emotional connection while you hear that music, um, then you've got something. If you don't, then maybe you should probably change it out. Um, you know, there's 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 a bunch of different ways. In I think as it relates to different platforms, like when we're filming something for the giant screen where it's it's so big and it's uh, so immersive, you know we tend to to edit a little bit differently like we'll we'll go longer on shots so that people right. can really experience it um having said that you know if you screw up on the story then nobody's going to be emotionally involved with it and you know they may say hey that's a bunch of great images but they won't care so it, in the end and you can hear it over and over, it's all about story it's story 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 um it's just the, the change when it comes to building it for a giant screen is you you need to have amazing kind of wow incredible images um just because you've got this amazing canvas it's like if you don't then you've lot like you're you're not really given the experience that 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 they paid a ticket for because that's that's what's kind of amazing right. about this like people actually pay a ticket for a documentary there aren't that many times where you have uh documentaries that actually play theatrically where you're actually paying for the content. Most of the time now, you know, if somebody sees a documentary, well, 
they've already paid for an HBO subscription or a Netflix subscri- subscription, and they're like, okay, I'll watch this free content. Um, so right. it better knock their socks off, and that means you know spending the time to make the film as good as it can be. And you know we take about a year and a half to two years to make these movies, and it's because we want them to be incredible. So we're 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 spending maybe nine months to a year editing the film, like making sure that the narration is poetic and beautiful and kind of hits you. And it, it, you know, making sure that the music is as fantastic as possible. Um, and then in the end, making sure that those images are just things that you've never seen before and never seen before in that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, very cool. I just wondered, uh, like I said, some of the particulars of it, if, you know, any of that learning can be translated to, uh, you know, smaller screens or... Oh, yeah. Know. I mean, it, it it all can. And and it's, you know, all of our films, they get, they you know, they look great on an IMAX screen and they look great on your iPhone. And, you know, it's, hmm. people see it all, all, you know, in all different, in all different platforms, all different content. Um, and... You know, as we as we go out and make these movies, we're also creating short form content for marketing and educational purposes that is specifically for the web or for uh, for your phones or for TV screens. Um, you know, whether that's for a film like the National Parks, whether that's a film like Dream Big, or if we did a film just recently called America's Musical Journey, which had Morgan Freeman as the narrator and Ella Black as the host, um, and you know, again, it's it it ends up being okay. How can you get people so they're excited about the topic, and you know, feel more feel like they just went on this like incredible trip, and you know, they want to either get to uh, immerse themselves more into the content and the education around it, whether that's learning more about engineering, or getting them to uh, want to go to these places. Uh, we're all about behavioral change. And that's what I think this platform is really unique for, as long as you create the right stories for it. Yeah, that makes sense. And then uh, last question, how is VR impacting how you make movies, and is there a place for it in what you do, or you know, what's the dynamic oh, I think, there? I think, yeah, I mean, I think VR and AR are really interesting. And we've done, you know, we've we've done VR as we make these movies, and we've done a few engagements working with clients where, We've created uh, VR films for a de- destination marketing organization um, or a brand. Um, and again, I, th- I think what's important when it comes to that type of story or that, that type of uh, film is you, s- you still want to have a story attached to it. So that's what we're always trying to do. Like we're storytellers, it, you know, whatever type of medium you're working with. Um, a lot of times what you see in VR right now is just like, uh, it's just pictures of, of of places, but you know we really want to connect with with the audience if they're putting on those goggles. Um, have it where they they actually feel like they they are emotionally connected to that experience in some way. I think it works really well for foundations, for associations where they're like, hey, I want to get more people to actually think about donating to uh, to you know having more uh, wells in Africa. You know, I've seen that with Charity Water, an organization. They do an incredible job with that. Um, I think there's a lot of application. When it, come to, it comes to AR, I mean, it's going to revolutionize industries. It's going 
it's going to be something where the ability to have tutorials uh, when somebody's out there, um, out there on a construction site and operating different machinery, being able to have goggles where you can see through the goggles, but there's there's a way to actually see what's going on at the same time. I mean, that's that's it sounds futuristic, but it's but it's starting to happen right now. Um, we actually featured uh, an aspect of that in in our film, Dream Big. Um, I think the sky's the limit. I think there's going to be a lot of change. I think it's it's really exciting for us as storytellers. It's how do you use those types of technologies in an interesting way to again change behavior, uh, the behavior that your client, your partner is looking to change as you create these stories and these campaigns. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I guess the same thing with like 3D video or you know 360 degree video type stuff that I've seen coming out lately too. Yeah, I mean all all of our films when it comes to the the, the IMAX screens are they can be seen in 3D if it's a 3D theater, uh, or they can be seen on a dome, or they can be seen you know flat screen straight up just big and 2D. Um, and so yeah, we're the way we work it, it really is kind of on the cutting edge of, of of cinema, but it's again it's the same principles as you know a hundred years ago where it's you got to have a great story. Okay. Fair enough. Well, Sean, this is a really great call. I'm, uh, I'm like really excited to go to IMAX now and, <laughs> and see what's there, you know, which is really cool. We talked about that offline. So yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, you've got you're in Austin. You're in Austin. You've got yeah. that IMAX theater right there. If you're in California, the California Science Center in New York, American Museum of Natural History. If you're in DC, mm-hmm. the Smithsonian. Um, these are fantastic places to take your family to get excited and to watch something that's really cool. And it's going to inspire you to do, to want to do something, whether that's learn more about a topic or inspire you to go to a place. It'll be great. Yeah. Well, very good. What's the best way for uh, folks that, you know, maybe they're not close to an IMAX and they want to see some of the films, you know, what resources are there for them to check them out? Yeah, absolutely. So many of our films are on Netflix. You can look on our website, MacGillivaryFreeman.com. Sorry, that's such a long name. Um, uh, you can also go on, on YouTube. Some some of the stuff is on YouTube. Um, and if you go on Amazon, like, and you're still using DVDs and Blu-rays, you can download them on uh, on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, there's there's a variety of different ways. But in the end, the coolest experience is watching in a theater. And we've got a bunch of films in theaters right now because, again, like I said, uh, many of our films play for years at a time. And so... Uh, hmm there's a good chance, depending on where you are, that, that you could see one of our movies in one of the IMAX theaters. That's great. Well, Sean, thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, man. Bye. All right. Hold on a second. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, 
Please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you.